Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Well, Super Villa bounced back from the Stevenage debacle on Friday night to beat Leeds 2-1. It was a tough match, but Professor Emery side did enough to take all three points. More on that in a minute. Plus, Frankie has one of his world-famous spicy questions locked and loaded for later. But we start with the most important questions of all. Frankie, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. I had uh, two interviews I did. Uh, spoke to Jack Collins, Ranks of C podcast about Alex Moreno. Very exciting. Very and good. spoke to Jonathan Johnson, uh, Villa fan, French football expert, CBS sports reporter, all about uh, Matteo Guendouzi, who's been mm. uh, linked heavily with Villa. So I strongly recommend people to tune into those. But I watched Gladiator. Haven't seen that film for years. <laughs> and it just sort of, it got me remembering that my uh, if I was a professional footballer, and I had to do a goal celebration. I'd like take the ball out of the net, belt it into the stands, and then just yell, Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Screaming at the whole end. Um, you know, it, it, it'd be like when Adebayor ran the full length of the pitch yeah. celebrating for the Arsenal fan. You'd just get, think, the chairs chucked at you. You'd get <laughs> bottles. You'd get, do you know what I mean? It'd be like, you know, when Alpi um, was sort of the, the the sort of pantomime villain. Yeah. When he sort of, I think he, I think he did he foul David Beckham, Beckham or something or, or criticised Beckham after a penalty or something and then came back and he shushed the Villa fans after he scored <laughs> a goal. That would be, that that would be you winding up your own fans. You're, you're Exactly. But, you know, it also made me think about like which Villa players would be good as like a an ancient gladiator. Oh, uh, and uh, one name immediately came to mind: Emiliano Martinez. Oh, of course, yeah. My goodness, could you imagine uh, you, facing him in you know <laughs> in a Roman Roman arena? God, it'd be terrifying, Just wouldn't imagine, it? Imagine, imagine the shit in. <laughs> like this is literal life and death, and he'd be he'd probably like. Be the type of gladiator the emperor would be like actually do you know what spare this guy's life martinez he ain't listening he's chopping that guy's head off and he's he's gonna wear it around his nether regions right in front of the emperor uh you know just um uh, you know what i could see martinez more as the emperor right and and you know obviously yes. at the end he does he does the whole kind of like oh thumbs up thumbs down and it was sort of like play it, it really relish sort of playing around with you wouldn't he sort yeah. of he'd give you the thumbs up and then be like <laughs> eh, eh. yeah <laughs> Just be like the <laughs> ultimate shit house emperor. Yeah, <laughs> He's perfect, and I'd love him. Oh, that Emmy, Emma, Emperor, Emperor Martinez. But um, do you reckon they have pundits by then? <laughs> like but some I... ro- some Roman Roy Keane. He's <laughs> not won a title yet. Not won a title, and he's chopping the man's head off. You know, or like you like Mark Lawrenson. Well, you know. I, I didn't need to do that with the man's head, did he, really? You know, we're here to see a good fight. It's a bit classless, really. You know, I didn't really like gladiators. Yeah. I, I can see Laura was like a bit of a Senate leader. You yes. know what I mean? Sort of in, yeah. in his sort of very white sort of robes, yeah. boring everybody to death. And then he sort of sort of stabbed like Caesar or something. Anyway, from from, from one from one Coliseum to, to another Villa Park, it was rocking Friday night, Frankie, wasn't oh, it? It was, it was yeah. uh, under the lights. It's always a, it's always a great place to be. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't the easiest of uh, of encounters with Leeds. It never really is, but um, it was it was no. certainly tough going. Yeah, it was the classic sort of Leeds chaos, really, wasn't it? Um, as chaotic as the opening to this podcast. A first time <laughs> listeners are probably like, "What the hell is this? Who are these blokes?" I'm off back to the other ones. I'm listening to the other ones. They'll, they'll get to the point. Now, I think um, uh, it was classic chaotic, chaotic Leeds. I think you know uh, it was interesting how Amy Martinez. Uh, being our captain, which I love, because I love Emmy Martinez. He's just, I just, I just love the man. 
Um, but, uh, you know, he changed ends, got us facing the whole tent, and Gary Neville on commentary didn't seem to understand that at first, found that quite surprising and thought it was the mm. Leeds players had done that. But actually, it's what we did against Manchester United. Um, and on that occasion, it was Man United who swapped ends. And for some reason in that first half, us playing to the whole tent really galvanised us and we had a really fast start and Leon Bailey opened the scoring in that game. And the same thing happened in this game. Um, superb counter-attacking move. Yeah. So intelligent. Ashley Young's footballing IQ must be about Einstein level. I'm telling you, it, the man is so smart that he spent his entire career as a uh, you know attacking front, you know um, left midfielder generally, uh, and now he's just a right or a left back, and he's so effective and so good. Mm. And he got that ball in the area, saw Bubikar Kamara, picked out the pass. Would Matty Cash have picked out that pass? I'm not certain, as much as I love Matty Cash as well. But Jung picked him out, and then Kamara. I mean, the run he went on, the smartness to hold on to it, be patient, and then pick out Leon Bailey. And, you know, we talked about Bailey last week. We were desperate to see him get a goal after, the you know, a really sad scene at the end of the Wolves game last week where he was in tears. And um, to see him score in front of the whole 10 that quickly in the game was um, was awesome. And it set Villa on their way. But, you know, that first half was... Uh, Oh, it was it was pretty nerve wracking, wasn't it? And um, the thing I noticed really was uh, how against Wolves and Liverpool, the two most recent games we've played at home, other than Stevenage, in the first half we've actually struggled uh, against both of them, and we struggled again against Leeds. Yeah, um, it's almost like we need to get to half time before we seem to be before you know Emery, you know, figures out something to do with the team and figures mm-hmm. out how to react to the other team. Um, so that's, I think, a, a work in progress for sure at home is that our first half form at the moment seems to be a bit dodgy. Um, but what did you think of the first half generally? Yeah, it was it was hard going. Um, I mean, at the moment under Emery, it seems like our home form is 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 sort of the problem area. Um, away from home, we, we seem to be okay as, as as more of a sort of a counter attacking side. You know, if if we're not expected to win necessarily. We're playing well against against you know pretty decent opposition like Brighton and, and Spurs away. Two really good results there. At home, obviously, there's the expectation of the fans, which I think Villa historically have always kind of struggled with. Mm. Um, and you know, Stevenage was a was a classic example where you know it was just that that game's really flipped on its head and and really really disappointing. But in terms of our general reaction to it, it was it was good, although. Leeds, Leeds are a very good side. Uh, you know, mm. it's it's difficult to to sort of class Leeds really because they did play some very good football and they were threatening. And you know that you know they had a disallowed goal. Emmy Martinez made an incredible save from Harrison to stop them scoring. You know, they they, they had they had some save. like brilliant chances. Mm. Um, they just obviously just didn't have enough, and and the, the luck wasn't with them. But you know, looking at them, you'd think they'd be okay in terms of other teams in the sort of a relegation scrap that they, they are, they are a very well coached side. And I think credit to Jesse Marsh. I know, I know he's got his critics. I think a lot of it as an affair, I think he's actually come in and done a pretty good job for them. And it did yeah, show like they, 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 they were really, in character. He is. Yeah. yeah and like they, 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 all the, all the players seem to know what they're doing. They're a very sort of cohesive side. Obviously they've got some, you know, Rodrigo's a good player. Bamford obviously came off the bench to score as he always does against us. And then, you know, Wilfred Gnanto, who, um, who looked to looked a real handful. Yeah. Um, I think they only signed him for like, about five, was it 5 million quid or something from Zurich? Like, you know, he, he seems like a real rough gem, but to be fair, you know, 
as, as, as much as he received credit and, and rightly so for his performance, he got the assist for, for Bamford's goal. Um, I thought Ashley Young played a blinder against him. Uh, I, I don't, th- I don't yeah. think, I don't think Young got enough credit for his performance against Gnonto as Gnonto did for his overall yeah, play. You know what I mean? It was, it was a really strange sort of way that it was, it was viewed that one because um, he kept him pretty quiet considering how talented clearly he is. And, and considering he's about half half the age of uh, of uh, of uh, Ashley Young, mm. um, so that was good. And then, yeah, other kind of individual performances of note, aside from aside from Martinez, who you mentioned in terms of his saving, but Kamara, oh. you know, every single week now he looks he looks a step above. Do, do you know what I mean? Quality. Like just quality. a little, you know. And and it goes considering his position is essentially defense midfield. He breaks at play. He skips away from challenges. He he opens up so much space for mm. players like Bailey. And obviously, you know, he was the one that got the assist for Bailey's goal. But in terms of him marauding forwards, he could have obviously played in Dina. Mm. But he decides to stop, cut back. C- the lead player commits and then sort of falls on his ass, basically. And it creates a space <laughs> for him to play in Bailey. Yeah. Just li- the little touches he makes is kind of the Brilliant. nuances of the game that he's just so expert at, considering he's, what, 23? Yeah. I mean, he is just next level. And I, I'm, I, wor- <laughs> I already am worried that there's going to be some big sort of summer move yeah, for him right. to, you know, a, you know, Man City to replace Phillips or something. Or do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I can just see it happening. Like, yeah, I can just our, see it our happen. supply line up, up, up north. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, as a CDM, for him to have the composure he has when he gets the ball, no matter what position, and to then, you know, use have so, so much skill and just get yeah. drifting past players. Yeah. And then the way he can pick out a pass, like long-range passing, his short-term passing, um, short-range passing, sorry, is very is um is smart. Um, his long-range passing is so his vision's great. I mean, for his us, decision making as well. He yeah, makes the right it, he makes the right passes, even though they might be relatively like simple on the eye. You know, his awareness in terms of okay, what is the right pass to make here? Is, yeah. he, it feels like he's about three steps ahead of everybody else. I mean. Yeah, and I mean, as Villa fans, it's obviously very difficult not to, you know, really lord your own players and, you know, have a tendency maybe at times to overhype some of them. But I really feel with Kamara, every single time I watch him, I'm like, this guy is just is he's just a quality, quality player. And um, I think you're right. I think you, you, I mean, last summer, you know, a, a player who went for a free, a lot of big wages, but on a free to Aston Villa, and you're thinking like. Where were the where were the Champions League clubs? Like, what 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 didn't they see in this guy? Because um, you know, I'd love to know if any of them did look at him and think he, he wasn't for them. Because I'm not exactly sure why they wouldn't. He's he's great, and we've, I I love that he's a Villa, and uh, I hope he becomes a, a stalwart player for us over the next few years. And you know, something I do want to mention as well is how in um there was there was a post-match interview between Emery and uh, with Ashley Priest that he printed and uh, Emery mentioned how um, in the second half Villa um, to sort of nullify Leeds' press um, Villa sort of retained the ball more at the back and were kind Mm -hmm. of slower at playing it around um, which you really noticed uh, you know first half what I I think kept happening and uh, my friend Danny mentioned this as well in a WhatsApp group I'm in uh, with the London Lions was um, how Villa would you know, pass it around at the back. It, there'd be a bit of panic. Tyra Mings would then belt it forward on his left foot, far up the pitch. And to be honest, we'd, we'd just lose the ball and it would then just mm. keep coming back at us. And that meant that Leeds' press was working. Um, 
And Leeds are a ferocious team in that sense. You always know that's what they're going to be like. And then the second half, it felt like the first 20 minutes, Leeds really kind of had the wind swept out of them considering how good they were in the first half. Mm -hmm. And um, that has to have been Emery's decision to tell the players to just hold on to the ball more. And you could see that Concer and Mings were taking a few more what looked like risks on the ball with their passing and Emmy Martinez as well. But in fact, we retain the ball almost every time. And and rather than just belting it forward, which is something we've been doing for a long time, we were getting it out wide to Moreno um, or to Ashley Young. We were um, picking out Kamara in midfield, who was able to retain the ball in very difficult spots. Um, and it's so, yeah, like I say, it kind of it, Leeds just weren't the same team in the second half as they were in the first half. And, you know, to have a manager who can observe that and get, you know, make such an important change in the game feels like a real novelty considering <laughs> our most recent management yeah. that didn't do that. Um, so really impressive. And, uh, you know, you mentioned it before with the uh, Nonto, um, you know, uh, I, I like Gary Neville a lot. I think he's a great pundit. Um, I, th- I think it was a bit overboard, slightly the, the praise that Nonto was 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 getting because it sort of got to the point where I was like, I, I get the point. You, you you really rate him, um, and he he is a super talented young player, and um, you know who knows where he could go. But at the end, I thought Ashley Young's performance was absolutely excellent against mm-hmm. him, and I thought that to my mind, I thought the two most clear best players on the pitch, I thought, were. Um, Kamara and Emmy Martinez, two saves Martinez made. I mean, forget about his distribution, which was really good in itself. At times, it, he probably overhit the pass or two, but generally his distribution, I thought, was pretty good. The save he made in the first half was absolutely... That is as good a save as you will see. In fact, the only other save I can think of recently that I've seen of that level was the save Martinez made in the World Cup final from Kerlin Mouani in the last minute. You know, an, an iconic save. And then mm. in the second half, the save he made off Nonto where he, you know, it was going top corner and he pushed it away. You know, um, I love that he was captain. I love that he stepped up and um, performed and listened to the manager at halftime. And um, Unai Emery had such praise for him after the game as well. I just, I just love having Martinez at the team. And... Uh, like I say, um, you know, another player we should mention as well, who was very crucial to it all, Leon Bailey. What did you think of him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, last couple of weeks, I think he struggled. I think it's fair to say, obviously, the um, the the miss against Wolves, I think maybe knocks his confidence. And then his performance against Stevenage was, um, was, was I think, difficult. It just felt a bit laboured. Um, maybe he was trying too hard. I, I, I don't know. But it, it was, um, you know, not not the best couple of games. And I think... He needed that goal, do you know what I mean? Just to give him that that lift. And it was a really good finish. And 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 to be fair, you know, obviously Kamara did a lot of the work and, and played him in, but how many times have you seen players miss those? Either they sky it mm. over the bar or hit it straight at the keeper. But it was a really good finish. He sort of well placed into the into the back of the net. Particularly, you know, that early on in the game when players are having to sort of settle themselves in, settle themselves down. Um, you know, again, to have that sort of level of composure to hit the back of the net was was really, really good to see. And I don't think you can criticize Bailey's work rate. Do you know what I mean? I think he he works his socks off, and he's and he he cares. He cares like you know. I really think he's he's. I think he's a really good personality. I think he he just wants to play and he just wants to win and he just wants to help his teammates win. He's he's a good he's a good team player. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't I don't know what his future is at Villa really. Like under under Emery, I think Emery obviously has 
will have his ideas in terms of moving forward, whether he thinks Bailey will fit into his system. Obviously, he's he's brought in Moreno um, as a left-back, which, which I, to some fans might, is quite interesting considering we already have sort of two left-backs. I know one's on loan and is probably going back, but you wouldn't necessarily think that that was an area of the pitch that needed um, looking at uh, in the immediate future but but clearly Moreno is a player that plays to Emery's system so it's kind of regardless of how many players we have in that position Moreno is an Emery signing and and, yeah. and, and fits into the, his philosophy of football and so whether Bailey does that I don't know but but yeah I mean I thought I thought he did play very well and moving back to Moreno I think it's important to mention it was it was his debut yeah. um uh, he, he came on obviously sooner than he probably expected what with Dina picking up that shoulder injury um yeah so yeah. we'll see we'll see the state of, of, of that going into the next how game. How tough is that? You know, you, you've been in a country for two days, whole new culture, whole new yeah. league. You, new you, don't, you obviously don't really know your teammates. Yeah. Um, you only know them a day or two. And to go on and perform the way he did, you know, he mm. really grew into the game. Um, and to be honest, his performance was reflective of what Jack Collins said in the interview with him the other day. Um you know, where he said that there are times for Real Betis where he'd get skinned. Yeah. But then there were other times where he'd be such an effective attacking fullback. Yeah. Nearly scored. We nearly um, scored, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost had an assist for Jacob Ramsey. A great, uh, great, great block off the line as well when awesome we go around to Martinez. So, that, that you know, it says a lot about his mental strength of coming to a game so early mm. against a team who probably presses harder than maybe any other team going. Well, there are, can't be many who press harder than Leeds. And, you know, to to not sort of wither and, you know, lose your confidence in that, but to, you know, all right, get a couple of mistakes out the way, but to get into it with teammates who you're not that familiar with and then become such an effective part of the game, that was really impressive. And it's a shame with Dina because, you know, I hope I hope he's not too badly injured. You're really, you, know, you never want to see that to players. But I, I hope that, you know, um, you know, what part of why... Emery brought him in, and again, Jack Connors on with this, is that uh, Emery at times at Villarreal liked to play two left-backs, kind of so one ahead of the yeah. other. Yeah, and, so, yeah. And you could see, you could see watching Moreno when he got forward, you thought, oh, he could function as a left midfielder for sure. Mm. For he sure. played there, didn't he? he? He played further forward earlier in his career, didn't he, Moreno? Mm. And you could you could see it, and Dina behind him, and what that could mean then is we have a very strong defensive left side. Um so it's it's a real it's a, it's a positive and uh, you really back Emery with his signings and you know just further on Bailey, um, I uh, yeah it, I, I felt so gutted for him last week. Delighted he got his goal and then of course he's he's kind of set up the second one as well really for Buendia uh, with that shot. Um, he's he's a funny one Bailey and he? he's he's a he's zero or ten. Yeah, there's, there's times in the yeah. game you think he looks absolutely world class. He takes the ball in tough spots. He keeps it. He goes around two or three players and you think mm. that is absolutely brilliant. And then he'll, you know, hold on to it a bit too long. Yeah. He'll pick the wrong pass. He'll try it. If he could just find that consistency where he's always a 10 or an eight or a nine, what a player. Cause he's already a really talented player. You just yeah. think, Oh, he's so close to being, real real quality but he just needs that bit of consistency and you know um is it is it going to come now on it at this stage in his career well you never know um it could do and maybe Unai Emery's the man to 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 get it out of him um yeah well well Emery's obviously known for sort of playing players slightly out of position and and you know when Bailey came 
he he would have been seen as a as a winger, obviously. Mm. Whereas now he's almost playing alongside either Watkins or Rings in a front two. Yeah. Um, but he, but he's you know he's he's getting into positions, he's scoring goals, um, and maybe maybe that's a position that he can kind of make his own with a bit of with a bit of coaching and a bit of training. Mm. I don't see I don't see I don't see why not. You know, he's in terms of physical attributes, he's got all the hallmarks of actually a really good striker in in kind of a almost like I don't know like a Jermaine Defoe type mold or something where you know quite quite nippy and a, and a good finisher physically strong and works hard so um so who knows but I, I like him I mean he's a bit of a cult figure isn't he he's he's um he's he's someone that I like to I like to see uh play he wears his heart on his sleeve as we saw against Wolves you know he really yeah. upset when he missed that that final chance and I think I think most fans like to see that you know so many so many players come into clubs for big money and, and a lot of fans see them as almost as like as mercenaries. Like they just come in, they play for a couple of seasons. They might be good at some games, bad some others, and then they'll be shipped off to another club. But I get, I get the impression with Bailey that he wants to succeed with Villa and he wants Villa mm. to succeed kind of, you know, with him. So, um, so yeah, I like him and I, I hope he, I hope he settles down and, and really nails down a, a starting spot, but, Obviously, it's good to have competition in places, and and yeah. and um, and yeah, things are looking good. And isn't Moreno the handsome man? Uh, <laughs> Aston Villa is the most handsome football club. I tell, I tell you what, the, ca- the camera the camera panned to him. He was on the bench. And he was talking to Coutinho. I, I was like, oh, I was looking at him. Just thought to myself, oh, he's quite a handsome bloke, isn't he? And then, and then and then and then I got a message from my mate being like, oh, Moreno's a handsome guy. I was yeah. like, <laughs> We're all thinking it. All thinking <laughs> I it. thought he looked a bit. I thought, oh, yeah, he, look, he looks a bit like um, looks a bit like George Zielinski, That lad, he's a good, good-looking guy, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean that. Oh, that, that, that the Villa team. They're not not a bad-looking group of lads, are they? Coming, I'm, get, I'm getting next year's yeah. calendar for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got it <laughs> on the wall. Uh, you know, Alex Moreno, uh, Tyrone Mings, Boomkar Kamara. Oh, good-looking lads. Yeah. Good yeah, be- best looking team, best looking fans, best looking podcasters. That's just what I heard. That's just what I heard. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Me and George are about to turn into the Villa podcast world equivalent of Prince Harry and William. A major fallout could be on the cards in this, the spicy question. Today, Prince George, I'm asking you a question put forward by one of our very own listeners, Rich Whistle. Thank you, Rich. Glad that you're a listener and I hope you're listening in today to this. Um, Rich asks, can Aston Villa finish top eight in the Premier League this season? Ooh, uh, that is a, that is a, that is a tough one. I mean, my heart says one thing, my head says another. I think, mm. um, yeah. Well, thank you, Rich, for that question. First of all, um, it's tough, isn't it? It's it's tough. I mean, we we are we are one of the informed sides uh, in the Premier League at the moment since Emery mm-hmm. took over. Um, I think I might correct me if I'm wrong here, Frankie. I think I think based on the last few games. Um, we're sort of fourth or fifth in the form rankings. So, we're, we're so up there. We're, sure, we're, def- yeah. we're definitely up there. Um, but it's 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 you know it's super tight around us. Um, you know we're we're now level on points with Chelsea. Would you believe? Um, although we have played a game more, um, and God Liverpool, who obviously had a, a bit of a shock defeat today against 
against Brighton, a, you know, I would say Brighton are a surprise package, but they not, every, not everybody can go to Brighton and win. Not everybody can go to Brighton and win. <laughs> very true. Uh, very yeah. true. Um, and, and obviously Brentford have won uh, this evening as well. So um, they're still up there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's all, I mean, it's a competitive league. It's, it's, um, it's a, it's a brilliant league, the Premier League. And it's, um, it's, it's hard to say really, it, it might well depend on, on, um, form fitness and whether emery makes a few more tweaks in terms of uh, personnel in january mm-hmm. as well i mean as you mentioned earlier you've done a you've done a podcast about uh, gwenduzi oh. and, and if he if he comes in uh, he could be an interesting acquisition and he can obviously mm-hmm. help the push for the push for eighth i don't think there's any reason to to, to say that we can't do it um yeah. we've we've got the right manager in place as far as i'm concerned i think that was always that was always the, the the thing, wasn't it? You know, at the start of this season, we we were we had really high hopes that we would try and make a push for for Europe this season because mm-hmm. we had the players. You know, we looked at the personnel and we thought, yeah, we've got a really really good squad here. I think we can we can make a push, but unfortunately, we just didn't have the the manager in place who could who can yeah. make the most of the squad. Yeah. Now I think we have a manager who who can do that, get the best out of the players that we've got. Um, but it, it's whether that's happened too late. Perhaps you know. Perhaps it's, uh, such a bad start means that we're, we're obviously playing catch up now, yeah. um, and so it, it'll be it'll be difficult. Um, I, th- I think I think what what gives me hope is that we're actually beating very good sides as well. Yeah. You know, you know the fact yeah. that we're beating teams above us in the table, the likes of Brighton, uh, you know, the likes of Tottenham, United as well. Um, well, doesn't that look like a serious result now? Well, yeah, given given United's form since we beat them, I yeah, think they've gone. Yeah. Oh, I think they haven't been beaten since. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very impressive result, obviously, in Emery's first game in charge. Um, but yeah, we just got to keep it going. You know, take it. I know it's a re- very much a cliche, but but kind of go one game at a time. Um, as I said, fitness is going to be an issue. We've obviously Dina and and both and Watkins both went off against Leeds, so you know we'll see how they fare. Um, moving forward um but yeah I, as i said my heart is very much we can do it um but my head slightly thinks maybe we've just left it slightly too late yeah um to to make a push for for eighth place or europe um but but certainly i think emery's given us that platform for next season to to really push on and 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 i'm really excited for next season actually i think mm. we've got a really good shot at things uh, next year but this season Maybe not. How, how do you, how do you um, how do you see it, Frankie? I haven't been more excited by a Villa manager in uh, honestly just forever. I mean, Martin yeah. O'Neill probably the last one, and I, you know, I, I think I'm more confident in Unai Emery to be honest with you. Um, just going off his, you know, his own background and what he's won in um, at various clubs, and um, so he's had a great start. Um, I, I think uh, as we sort of get used to passing it around more at the back. Um, as we get used to a new style, um, there might be a couple of pretty heavy beatings coming for us at some point. That's just what's going to happen. It's most likely, but um, we look like a stronger team than we did before. We look, just look like a team that's, you know, mentality. We're we're able to deal with setbacks. You know, we went down to against Brighton, went down against uh, Wolves, and came back in both of those games. And uh, same again. Um, 
with Leeds where Leeds really put us under so much pressure, but we, we held out, um, which I don't think Villa teams of recent years would have done. So that's no, what... and, and even, and even when Leeds scored, you know, um, yeah. I think Villa, we, we looked at, we looked almost the stronger side after Leeds yeah. um, got their got their goal back, which which wouldn't have necessarily happened under previous managers. Yeah, completely, and I think that's that's set the basis of you know um, a side that I hope can push into the top half. I think top eight is probably beyond us this season. You know, I'm looking at some of the teams up there and thinking one or two have to fall away. Could Fulham fall away? Possibly, although they're on a four game winning streak. Brighton, Brentford, you know, they're not, you know, they're not absolutely awesome teams who, who are infallible or anything. And yeah, a couple of them could fall away, but you you kind of rely on as well on Liverpool and Chelsea not to get their act together. And yeah. you think both of them probably will at some point. Um, so Villa, I think with the squad we currently have, um, I think top eight is, you know, I think we, if we, had Emery from the start of the season was well within reach, but um, it, it's it's going to be tough to make that. But certainly, if Villa can get top half, you know, after years and years of, you know, we haven't been top half since when? Like 2011, 2010? Well, when Julio when, when was in charge, Julia? maybe. We finished yeah. ninth then. Maybe that, that was the last time. And that season flattered us because we, we were bottom half all that season. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, the yeah. final day win against Liverpool, I think, game I was at, I remember well. Um and uh, we kind of, yeah, we sort of went up to ninth. And I remember coming away from that game with my friend uh, Rich Stevens, who's been on his podcast, and his dad Mick, and just we were just saying like, how a villain, how a villain night this season. We just we <laughs> didn't deserve that. Yeah. So yeah, so it's been a long time since we were anywhere close to the top half, and if we can make it this season, it's a brilliant platform for next year. So eighth, you know, top eight, if we can make that, amazing. Um, I think I, but I, I wouldn't expect it. Uh, but top half, certainly, I think, you know, the race for 10th place, the race for 9th place, uh, we're, like, we're firmly ensconced in. Um, I think it'd be a really good start under Emery to get us up to that position and uh, lead us on next season. OK, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, I'll catch you later. Catching a bit, George. Up the villa. Up the villa. And it is goodbye from me, too. We will be back again to review the Southampton game next. That could be a big one. But until then... Come on, Super Aston Villa.